socialize with so many women. I mean, what's wrong with the little companionship? Huh? I am the voice of Night Industry 2000's microprocessor. Kit, if you prefer. This is Tony with the Stranger Things Podcast, and tonight we're talking about Chapter 7, The Massacre at Hawkins Lab, Volume 1. So tonight we're talking about uh, just everything that happens with this concluding episode of Season 4. And we start this episode right where we leave the episode off with uh, Steve in the Upside Down fighting Demobats or the Demobats basically eating him alive and there's this one favorite scene that I absolutely loved from this uh, this very the uh, the top of this episode was uh, Nancy saving Steve from the Demobats once again showing how much of a badass Nancy is and there's this moment where she just says hey there <laughs> and it, it, it's it's one of the best, I, I think, one of the best uh, moments in this in this episode because there's just this barrage of her and, uh, and Eddie uh, and, and Robin, and they're just all uh, all killing the demo bats. And Steve finally gets up off of the uh, ground and starts killing these uh, bats in all sorts of creative ways, and. It's really a, a, a great set piece there that they have uh, going on. And what I found to be interesting about this scene is we we get these uh, we get these really cinematic scenes where these characters are you know basically coming together and they are finding creative ways to fight whatever they may be fighting at the time and this scene was really reminiscent for me of of a scene from season one where you have Jonathan uh, and Nancy and they're right in front of the lights and the Demogorgon is about to come through and the camera basically just spins around them and there's all these lights in the background. I, 
I know I've brought this up before, but it's just so memorable. Just the scene, and this is one of those scenes here as well when they're all finding these different ways to kill these um, these demo bats that are, you know, coming at them from all different uh, areas, and it, and it's just um, it's just wonderful to see them all together, getting together, and just uh, just teaming up and just fighting all these uh, bats. And and I just I just loved what they what they were doing when when they were fighting together. I mean, one's pulling one apart, one's throwing one to the ground. Steve smashing them. I mean, it, it's just you know. It, I think at one point Nancy was shooting um, at them, and I just love what they what they really enhanced uh, the scene with, and how they just work together so well. Now, there's another scene where Doctor Burner is sitting down talking to Eleven, and he's really having a tender moment with Eleven at this point, and Eleven seems to be very much at ease at this point because she's. I think she's starting to realize herself that everything that she thought Dr. Brenner was, he, at this point, he isn't exactly all of that. Um, now, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, he's still, um, as far as I'm concerned, he's still a bad guy, but he's more of a bad guy with some gray areas. And you can tell where maybe at one point he has been jaded by what he's been doing. He's been, he's become so matter of fact in everything that he's been doing, uh, especially, um, dealing with the, uh, the children and just these highly criminal and I mean, at, at the very least unethical experiments that he's been doing on these these uh, children from the very beginning. So I think that this is really all playing some some really great. Uh, 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 he's really playing up some really great uh, moments within the episode, and he's just he's just there to facilitate uh, a lot of what we expect from a a villain. And he's not a mustache twirling villain as we've seen uh, throughout this series he's actually uh, more or less just a facilitator like I said of, of something you know maybe not as bad but of course you have Vecna he's definitely the mustache twirling you know villain and the mind flayer uh, possibly behind all of it is definitely uh, that so I, I think that Dr. Brenner, uh, definitely, and we get to episode eight, which is about an hour and twenty-five minutes long. It's a, um, it's a really long episode, and when we get into his, his story, I think he's really going to—he's probably going to be one of the first characters that uh, that officially bites the dust once we get into this second uh, volume here. And then you have Eddie throwing the jacket, uh, you know, at Steve, you know, and he's like, for your modesty, dude. And he's just, you know, because he's got like this little bit of jealousy that he, you know, he pretty much talked about a little bit before. And, you know, he can see he's walking around with this hairy chest, just, you know, this bearing off for everyone to see. And I'm pretty sure there's so many scores of of uh, people that are absolutely loving this <laughs> this moment from Steve. But it was just so funny. He just like just throws him the jacket and 
this is other moment where Steve threw something at him, and I think that's kind of like a, a get back for him. And of course, you know, with them feeling the way he does about uh, Steve, the way Eddie feels about Steve. And I just love their back and forth. Now, Hopper's uh, jail cell conversation with Dimitri is just so, so great to, to see. And just to see him just really pour his feelings out and, and how he's really feeling about uh, everything over overall. And, you know, uh, Hopper's really grown over the seasons. And Dimitri is definitely a, a great addition uh, and a facilitator for him to actually be able to get these feelings out and to talk to someone who maybe he feels like he can talk to him about these things and not, you know, not, not be judged, which I don't think he would be judged by the other characters, but he just feels like he's more, he's more comfortable with Dimitri, uh, in this, in this setting. Cause he feels like he's almost like a comrade as they, uh, as they as they say in the uh, show so i think this is really something that uh that it's building towards something uh bigger a lot later on i think you have eddie and steve's talk you know the way through the uh, the upside down uh woods and it's a really a uh, creepy and eerie see uh scene and i i i'm loving this world that they built and i really wanted to see a lot more of this uh, especially in this season, and I think they are really starting to uh, deliver, and I think we're going to get a lot more moving into the uh, the next uh, volume here. I'll be right back. I'm going to take a brief break.
truth is, you're regressing, Eleven. You're going backwards. Eleven, look at me. and nasty shit? Pretty much. Wait, watch out for the vines. It's all a hive mind. It's all a what? All the creepy crawlies around here, dude. They're like one or something. You step on a vine, you're stepping on a bat, you're stepping on Vecna. Shit. But everything from our world is still here, right? Except people, obviously? As far as I understand it, yeah. So theoretically, we could go to the police station and steal guns and grenades and whatever we need to blow up those bat things that are guarding the gate. I mean, yeah, I highly doubt that the Hawkins PD has grenades, Robin, but, I mean, guns, yeah, sure. Well, we don't have to go all the way downtown for guns. I have guns in my bedroom. You, Nancy Wheeler, have guns, plural, in your bedroom? Full of surprises, isn't she? A Russian Makarov and a revolver. Yeah, you almost shot me with that one. You almost deserved that. Pure modesty, dude. Now, another one of the great scenes I found was when Erica says, What is this? Gun smoke? The stupid and the ugly? That was a laugh out loud moment for me. And I just was sitting back and just enjoying every moment of just her interaction with them and her trying to figure out everything that's going on. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, because I guess one of, the, I think it was uh, Dustin that says, you know, the, the, the law or, or one of them, but it, it, it was just, uh, <laughs> It was just, just sitting here thinking about it. I'm just loving it. And I'm just loving uh, Erica's role. And I think she's getting ready to rev up for a really big second half. Um, she she had something to do in this first 
volume, but I think she's going to have a lot more to do moving forward in this second uh, second volume we have coming up here in, in, in the uh, next day or so. But I, I I'm just uh, I'm just loving the way everybody is just working on their own separate problems and points and moving forward and uh, and she's just uh, she's just a great addition to this cast overall and then we have the back and forth between uh, Lucas and and Erica and you know there's this whole thing you know kind of like a little short running gag where Erica's like you know I'll tell you know what's going on you know or what I found under your bed and you know he just basically uh, Lucas has just stopped in his tracks and this is just classic brother and sister going back and forth here and Dustin's in the middle of it he's like you know I want to know what's you know what's under his bed what's what's under your bed and, and he's like is it is, is it that bad and it's it's really bad <laughs> and I I just you know I kind of like you know, like I wish they would have you know expounded upon that a little bit more myself as well but you know we we may get that a little bit later because like I said I don't think they ever just put out things that they're even as small as it is uh without there being some kind of payoff at some point somehow so I'm really looking forward to that because I want to know what was under that bed or you know whatever it was at the moment but I just um I just love the way that they're playing uh, one another and and you know, Erica, she's come full circle with uh, with her brother's involvement because before she didn't believe at all that he had any involvement in anything, and now she's fully full on. And she's, you know, I, I love one of the moments where she was saying, you know, I bled with them, and I think she was talking to Eddie, and, and he's just, uh, and she's just, um, she's just going on and on about that. And just her conviction and everything she's saying and she said and she believes every last bit of it. And we're really on we're really on her side with everything that she's been saying. And she's just uh, she's just a great uh, great character overall. Now Dustin, um, he's figuring out how and why Vecna is connecting and and ultimately opening gates to and for the upside down and uh, I, I think this was one of the uh, one of the best um, uh, scenes in this episode because it really started to answer some of the questions that we're having about a lot of this and they're starting to figure out and to realize exactly what's going on so that's you know that's moving them in the right direction and it's really putting a lot of uh, a lot of things into line to really set us up for this uh, this end game here that we have coming up in volume two. Now we have uh, we have Nancy uh, in her upside down room trying to figure out that they are actually in the past. Now this. Now this was one of the things where I was thinking I don't know if they're if they're really going to to somehow incorporate time travel, but they've done it and they've done it in a way to where it's not convoluted and it really makes a lot of a, a lot of sense what they're talking about and how they're talking 
about it because Nancy, she's like, wait a minute, this is my room, you know, you know, a few years ago. So this is back in 1983, November 6, Hawkins, Indiana, in her bedroom because she didn't have any guns or anything yet because everything, as soon as Will went missing on that day, time basically stopped. So when they went into the Upside Down, because we know it's an alternate dimension, things work a little bit different. You know, there's an episode of the uh, the Twilight Zone. That's another podcast I have. Um, it's called Between Light, Shadow, Science, and Superstition. That's another podcast that I do. And uh, and there's an, an episode uh, called Little Girl Lost. And this, uh, this, and I think I might have included a clip from that show, uh, The Twilight Zone, with within the Stranger Things world, because it was that, that weird episode I did, uh, um, probably like 30 episodes back, where I merged the Twilight Zone, and I, I merged, uh, I merged, uh, Stranger Things, but if you want to hear that full episode, uh, search for Between Light, Shadow Science, and Superstition, and look for that episode, and I'll leave the uh, the link for that and everything at the end of this episode, so you can go and uh, and check that out. And I've got a uh, I've got a, a, a co-host there. Um, and anyway, that's that that just reminded me so much of that because it's like you know Will went missing into the wall, and you know uh, basically into the upside down, but he went missing to the wall, and this little girl in the Twilight Zone. She goes missing. She falls out of her bed and falls into the wall, into the fifth dimension, which is very, very similar. And what we see from the Twilight Zone, there's this weird haziness, you know, you're disoriented within this fifth dimension where the little girl went into and the rules and the laws of things don't act the same way. And we hear and see a bit of that in this episode when Nancy goes back to her bedroom and realizes that time stopped there. So we get a little bit of, of the parallel. So I'm thinking maybe the Duffer Brothers maybe took a little bit out of that because there's some really, it's too much of a coincidence to be a, co a coincidence. So I'm thinking maybe they took a little bit of that. But I'm, I'm looking at a lot of the shows. And, and this is one of the reasons why I love covering the uh the twilight zone uh the twilight zone the old show because that show really what it did was it set the standard and the bar for a lot of sci-fi horror psychological uh tv shows and movies moving forward just about everything so if you've seen any kind of television show or movie they probably got some of their premise or something from the Twilight Zone so I know this is a Stranger Things podcast but that's one of my favorite so one of my favorite shows of all time is the um, is the Twilight Zone because it is so uh, it is so I mean it's just so great and it's so uh, relevant to what we have going on now and that show was so far ahead of its time as far as like racial uh, racial social justice issues I mean just any and all issues you can name that show has it and has has done it and did it first before a lot of the shows and I'm just so glad that uh, that 
I was able to do that episode tying these two uh, these two shows together a little bit. You know, I I, I, I think I named the show something like, um, you know, we take a diverge uh, into the fifth dimension, which is something that is usually said with uh, with the with the um, with the uh, host uh, Rod Serling, and you know, we take a diversion of the fifth dimension, and then I kind of like flipped it and said, you know, we're into the, you know, into the, you know, we, I guess, traveling the road into the upside down. But anyway, enough about that. I'll leave uh, some uh, show notes and a link and everything for that at the end at the end of the show today. But that was just one of my favorite um, favorite episodes, and I've just. Uh, draw I drew a lot of uh, parallels to uh, to that show and uh, in that episode I'm gonna take a brief break here and I will be right back Exactly what you all doing at the lake? We were we were just going for a walk. A walk at 9 p.m. to the lake. We're gonna take a little swim, little night swim. Dusty, someone was just murdered there. Yeah, we we didn't realize that. So we got there. That's why we didn't swim. And Nancy, was she with you at this night swim? No. Yes. We're not sure. She was there. Then she left. It's all a little confusing. And that's when you guys came. Right, and then they dared me to say what I said. (laughs) Oh, yeah. About the killer. You're lucky you didn't get shot. Have you had any contact with Eddie? That psycho freak killer? God, no. Nope. No, we, ha- we haven't heard from Absolutely him in ages. Not. We barely know the guy. Who? Oh, that's a bunch of bull. Erica! I mean, you realize they're lying. The whole couch is on fire. Erica! Erica. Just the facts. Are you lying to these policemen, Dusty? No! Lying to the cops is a crime, son. I'm not lying. The fire is consuming us. Burn them with a little jail time. Maybe that'll loosen their lips. Okay. Now you want to send our kids to jail? We need to take Th- this he seriously. He didn't mean it like that. <laughs> 
try a more civilized approach. One at a time. You first. Wait, what? Why me? Follow me. I, I'm not even in the Hellfire Club. Do I need to cuff you? Trump's traitor. I bet Mikhail would be proud of his pops at least. Mikhail? Hmm. No. I can't do nothing right with him anymore, it seems. He will say, Papa, I bet that old American did most of the monster slay. He's that age, huh? Yeah, he is that age. <laughs> it is the same for you, American? With your new daughter? Last time I was with Al, she wanted just about nothing to do with me. I was just in her way, really. I think back to the way I was with my dad at that age. I was the same way. The exact same way. You must be hardwired into us to reject our fathers. So we can grow, move on. Become something of our own. That's what she's doing. Coming into her own. Still, you worry. To worry for our sons and daughters. That is natural, isn't it? Yeah. Nothing about what else have to deal with is natural. That beast. That monster in there. It's a part of something that wants to hurt Elle, to kill her. I don't understand. To be honest, neither do I. All I know is that thing, that thing shouldn't be here, shouldn't be alive. Because it is, it means this still isn't over. I thought I was put here to pay for what I've done. But I might have been put here for some other reason. Maybe I, maybe I can still help Elle, even if it's the last thing I do. You almost sound religious, American. Religious? I don't know about that. Well, maybe I should give that prayer thing a try. So if we want to get out of here, we want to get back to Elle and Kyle, you and me. We need a miracle. All right, I'm back. So we get this uh, moment where uh, Steve is trying to communicate with Dustin and the others at the Wheeler's house. So it's all coming to a fever pitch at this moment. It's all coming to a head. We're starting to get some really good details. We're start, starting to try to figure out. We're starting to figure out how things are working, and they're starting to to uh, communicate. And the tension is really starting to build at this very moment and I'm loving every single moment of that scene it's just so great because we're starting to get some uh, some really good details and, and they're starting to lay a lot of the uh, the, uh, the the plot out in a more uh, uh, conducive way for us to actually understand what's going on and I'm just uh, loving Steve's whole uh, whole moment here so we're going to end the episode here tonight. I'm sorry this episode was a little bit late, but I'm going to get these episodes out back to back and 
believe me, believe you me, they will all be out before Friday night, before we uh, before we jump into this second volume. So this is going to be the uh, the end of volume one for right now. But I hope you guys enjoyed uh, tonight's episode and a uh, brief departure into the fifth dimension. But I'll see you guys in the Upside Down. Osborne, Black Sabbath, he, he bit a bat's head off on the stage, you know? No. It's very metal, he did. That's all I'm saying. Thanks. Henderson told me you were a badass. Insisted on the matter, in fact. Wait, Henderson said that? Oh, yeah. Shit. Kid worships you, dude. Like, you have no idea. It's kind of annoying, to be honest. I don't even know why I care what that little shrimp thinks, but uh, I guess I got a little jealous, Steve. I guess I can accept the fact that Steve Harrington is actually a good dude. Rich parents, popular, chicks loving, not a douche, no way, man, no way. That, like, flies in the face of all the laws of the universe and my own personal Munson doctrine. Still super jealous as hell by this crazy. Which is why I would never have jumped in that lake to save your ass. Not under any uh normal circumstances. Nope. Outside of DD, I am no hero. I see danger and I just turn heel and run. Or at least that's what I've learned about myself this week. Give yourself a break, man. See? The only reason I came in here was because those ladies came in straight after you. Now, I was too ashamed to be the one who stayed behind. But Wheeler, right there, she didn't waste a second. Not one second. She just dove right in. Now, I don't know what happened between you two, if I were you. I would get her back. Cause that was as unambiguous a sign of true love as these cynical eyes have ever seen. Anything? Nothing. You don't think they went through? Through Watergate? Without us? Without a plan? Without weapons? They wouldn't be that stupid. They must just be laying low because the law got us. The law? What is this, gun smoke? 
the stupid and the ugly? Should I round up the posse? Saddle the horses? Erica, please, just go away. Here's the deal. Either you tell me what's happening, or I tell Dustin what I found under your bed. Please, no. Spill your guts, cowpuncher. What did she find under your bed? Nothing. Is it gross? Scale one to ten. A hundred. A hundred? The serial killer is a dark wizard from the Upside Down, and we've been looking for him. But he's in the Upside Down, which we can't reach. At least we thought we couldn't, until we found a gate at Lover's Lake. That was the reason why we were there, but these stupid cops grabbed us, and if you tell anyone about this, that's including Mom, and Dad, and Tina, especially... I smother you in your sleep. Do you understand? Hmm. Erica. Do you copy? The smothering in my sleep part, but not much else. Why would they open up a gate at Lover's Lake? What? The commies? The commies didn't do this. Then who did? Nobody. So it just opened up for fun. Erica, you have no idea what you're talking about. No, she doesn't. Yet, she raises an essential question. How did Watergate open up? Only two gates have opened, so far as we know. One by L, one by the commies. But it's not the commies or L this time, so... It... Holy shit. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 what? There's one thing we've never understood, which is why Vector's killing people. What's his motive? Killing teens? It always just seemed too random, too prosaic. On top of that, how does the Mind Flayer figure into all this? Maybe this is it. This is the answer. What is the answer? You sure you just want water? We have Coke, Sprite, Coke works. Dr. Pepper. L opened the mother gate. She contacted the Demogorgon with psychic contact. Just like Vecna when he casts his spells. Exactly. So what if with each kill, he's not simply killing them. He's making a powerful psychic connection with his victims. A connection powerful enough to rip a hole in the fabric of time and space. He's opening more gates. Bingo. Copy. We're still at the Ruler House. Why would he be opening gates to take over the world? Who do we know that wants to take over the world? The Mind Flayer. So if the Demogorgon was just his foot soldier, Vecna's his five-star general. A five-star general with the power to open gates. Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit! That was incomprehensible. You lost me at Mother Gate. Please be kind. Rewind. Heels are a bit pointy, but I was hoping for something along the lines of a deadly projectile. 
I... I don't understand. Maybe you left them somewhere else. There's a six-year-old in the house. I know where I keep my guns. And also, I threw these away years ago. theory is that Vecna makes remote contact from his attic. We don't know why. We assume he could do it from anywhere. Are you even listening to me? Yeah, I'm listening. It's just... You said he followed Vecna through lights, right? Yeah, why? Because I think he's here. Yeah. I overestimated them. 